This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, April 21st, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Meet the new defense secretary, same as the old defense secretary, but his press is better so far this time around. Is Robert Gates actually taking on the military-industrial complex with his modest proposed cuts in military budgets? Ben Friedman, Cato Institute Research Fellow in Defense and Homeland Security Studies, comments. Secretary Gates had a press conference where he announced a bunch of cuts and additions to procurement programs in the Pentagon. Uh, this is just a suggestion. It's not official U.S. policy yet. It's it's uh, it's what the Defense Department is asking Congress to do because, of course, it's ultimately up to Congress what happens with the defense budget. And he announced, uh, you know, the end of uh, F-22 production, which is the Air, uh, Air Force's next generation fighter. Uh, he broke up the Future Combat Systems Program, which is this Army uh, potpourri of programs, really, that they tied together that, that uh, are meant to modernize the Army. Uh, he uh, accelerated production of the Joint Strike Fighter, which is a, a fighter aircraft that's going to be used by the Marines, the Navy, and the Air Force. He uh, canceled a uh, rescue program, uh, helicopter program uh, in the Air Force. He canceled the presidential helicopter program and uh, made a number of other changes uh, in the defense budget, uh, notably also delaying the uh, Air Force's bomber program, uh, its production of its next carrier and cruiser, and uh, probably getting rid of the uh, its, its uh, new destroyer, the DDG-1000, which the Navy doesn't actually want. So there's a whole series of uh, big cuts to procurement programs, which have congressmen uh, around the country running scared because, of course, a lot of those programs are built in their in their district. So there's a lot of uh, consternation about these cuts. Given the changes that he's proposed, how does that affect this brewing battle you say exists between uh, technology and manpower? Uh, well, I think the the cuts are largely caused by that. Uh, basically, what happened was in the in the U.S. military budget, the cost of personnel has been growing extravagantly uh, for a variety of reasons. One of which is uh, pay raises and bonuses that Congress votes through uh, and has been voting through increasingly uh, in the last seven or eight years, which is natural during a war. Uh, you know, we want to reward people who are risking their lives. And uh, the bottom line is that the, the compensation for uh, people in the armed forces has gone up by almost 50 percent, uh, I think, in the last decade. Uh, and uh, cost of health care, of course, like in the rest of the economy, are going through the roof. And so, and meanwhile, we're expanding the Army and the Marine Corps based on the idea that we need to fight war, occupational wars, which are manpower intensive, which require a lot of boots on the ground. So you have more manpower and you, it's more expensive. Uh, and so that's going to eat into the defense budget. Now, that wasn't a problem lately uh, in the last few years because we've been growing the whole defense budget. So the top line of the defense budget uh, has gone up almost 50% in the last decade. So it's it was delaying this conflict. But once, as the Obama administration said it's going to, you held the top line steady, although Gates deviating from the rest of the administration a little bit says he wants 2% real growth. OMB, Obama's OMB, says they want to just grow the defense budget by inflation. Either way, you're essentially holding defense budget uh, the defense budget steady. That brings this conflict between the rising costs of personnel and procurement out uh, into the into the into the fore. Uh, uh, procurement research, research development and procurement of uh, new weapons is is the part of the budget that has the most give. It's easiest to cut back on because you know you're spending a lot uh, in given years. Uh, 
it's easier to uh, reduce spending on a big weapons program than it is on, on force structure or something like that. So uh, once they held the budget steady, it was sort of inevitable that there were going to be some cuts to uh, research development and procurement of big ticket weapons items, and, and that's what's happening. So I, I, I would say that it's, it's caused, uh, A, by the growth of the cost of manpower and the growth of the amount of manpower and by the, the end of growth of budget. Congress is supposed to be deciding things like this. How is that going to play out? Normally, you might say, well, you know, Congress is going to steamroll this uh, because, you know, they, they are the servant by design of parochial interests. And the parochial interests uh, in this case are a lot of jobs uh, spread out around the country. You know, F-22s, for example, are, are built largely in uh, Georgia and Texas. So, you know, Saxby Chambliss, the senator from Georgia, is a reliable uh, supporter and uh, defender of the F-22 program. And you can you can tell a similar story about any big defense program. But... In this case, Congress already voted on a budget resolution, which is consistent with the Obama's uh, recommended top line for the defense budget, which is $534 billion in the base defense budget. And, and uh, having done that, because of the dynamics I described before, the growing cost of personnel and also the growing cost of operations and maintenance, uh, they got to find cuts somewhere. There's, there's, there's too much future cost or uh, there's too many growing costs in the budget to pay for everything that's programmed uh, without a big increase in the top line. And now that they've said there's not going to be, be a big increase in the top line, they got to find cuts somewhere. So uh, they're sort of boxed in. And uh, Gates, by providing a uh, unified set of recommendations about how to, how to uh, meet that problem, uh, is likely to prevail because, you know, Congress has to find a compromise among all these parochial interests because they have to find some cuts and the most likely compromise, the easiest one, the path of least resistance, I think, is the one that's already been proposed by the by the Secretary of Defense. So I think he'll get most of what he wants. Not everything. They'll, they'll uh, uh, mess about on the margins here and there, but I think he'll largely win. How does this debate change arguments of people who are trying to defend high technology in the military? You hear a lot about... Um, the military-industrial complex, and one of the lines the media has taken in response to this announcement is that Gates is taking on the military-industrial complex, and I think that's kind of true. The military-industrial complex is basically uh, the services uh, who uh, want to have follow-on platforms, uh, so particular subgroups or sub-organizations within the services tend to focus on one particular military platform, so fighters want new fighters, uh, surface Navy guys want cruisers or destroyers, submariners want submarines, and so forth, so the, the services have an interest in new platforms. Contractors, of course, uh, have an interest in building uh, big, expensive platforms, and uh, they farm the workout to uh, usually as many congressional districts as, as they can to, to maximize uh, support in Congress. So the, all those congressmen who then migrate to the relevant committees in Congress have an interest uh, in, in those programs. And that, that's really what the military industrial complex is, not a, a, a conspiracy, but a set of aligned interests. Now, so Gates having uh, gone after a bunch of procurement programs, I think it's fair to say is going after the military industrial complex. And then the question is, well, what, what political effects does that have? Now, uh, there's there's an idea, a way of looking at political science or politics called pluralism that says, look, you know, we tend to think of government debates as debates of ideas, the best ideas win. No, 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 pluralists say that's wrong. What really happens is interests compete and uh, ideas are just servants of interest. And now, uh, Gates having gone after the military industrial complex, it seems to me we've, we've sort of uh, created a new interest in going after the idea that we ought to be engaged in a lot of nation building because... Um, 
the reason, one of the reasons these programs are getting cut is because we're putting more money into the Army and the Marines uh, in service of this idea that we have to fight more Iraq-like wars as part of the war on terrorism because failed states are havens for terrorism. So we have to reorder them, and that requires a lot of people. Hence, we need more Army and Marines. We need more cap- unconventional capability. So uh, if, if people who are concerned about cuts to these big programs are paying attention, they'll say, well, the origin of these cuts is this idea. Uh, we're, we're putting more money into the army, and we're putting more money into unconventional capabilities. Uh, one way to one way to deal with that is to say, hey, we don't need to fight these kind of wars to be safe from terrorism. And that argument has the virtue of being true. Now, a lot of us have been saying that for a while, but uh, we haven't really gotten anywhere in Washington. But it seems to me that uh, now that we have these new dynamics in the budget, uh, maybe that argument will pick up steam. Ben Friedman is a research fellow in defense and homeland security studies at the Cato Institute and author of the book, U.S. Military Innovation Since the Cold War. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.